Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at visionnwa.com. For those of you who don't know, my name is Dana Schwedahl. I'm used to speaking in churches and conferences and banquets and a lot of different schools and stuff, but I speak on my passion, which is loving choices where I work. It's very easy for me to get on stage and talk about being pro-life and talk about all the great things we do at Loving Choices, but that's not today. Today I'm going to speak to you from my pain, which is a lot more difficult. So um, when Pastor Phil asked me to come up and speak, I was pretty sure I was going to be up here. This is the top of the mountain. I'm going to tell you how five steps and how to get your wayward child saved and be on the top of the mountain. I'm not there. I'm still down here in the valley with you. So today I'm going to talk to you about five steps on how to get help in the valley. It's going to be on your, I'm speaking from my pain of having a wayward child. I have three kids and one of them is not walking with Christ. And it's a painful place to be and I'm going to speak to you from that. Now your valley may look different and you can still apply these things in your valley. But see, every year I do the Daniel fast and God gives me a word. For instance, a few years ago, God gave me a word, and all he said was, you're going to take what you do globally. Well, it's a story in itself, but I literally went to India and was able to speak on sanctity of human life. So you see, my word has always been so clear, um, and it's, it's exciting. So this year when I got my word, I was so excited this year in 2019. I'm just going to share it with you. It's easier that way. This is my word for, for 2019. God said he's going to restore everything that Satan has stole from me. He's going to restore my family, my children, my love, my work at Loving Choices, and my soul. My desire for him, my faith, my trust in him, my joy, my wholeness, and my wellness. Praise God for bringing restoration to my soul. And goes on and on, but I knew that God was telling me that 2019 was the year. I've been praying for my child since 2000 and gosh, it's been 12 years, whatever that is. (laughs) Um, And so I knew that 2019 was my year. So there was a lot in that list. God had told me, um, Chris, my husband and I, we had left our church because God was calling us somewhere else. We were, we felt lost. So he restored us by bringing us here last year. And he answered that prayer and this restored our soul. Um, there were some problems at work that we were having. There was not um, a lot of, there were some, some things that were happening that were causing a lot of distress and a, and a lot of division. God brought restoration to that, and it was so exciting. So there was only one thing left, and it was my child, and I knew that it was going to happen. So, again, I'm speaking to you from where I'm at today. Um, God made me a David. Give me a giant, and I will slay it. I have no fear going out there. I'll slay a giant. I'll do whatever. But God told me to stand. I'm not very good at that. Anybody that knows me, just standing still is not in my nature. But that's, that's where God said I was going to learn to trust. And I was only going to have two weapons, praise and prayer. See, in 2 Corinthians 20, 17, it says, You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord's going to give you. See, I can't trust my natural eyes because in the natural, things didn't look so good. Um, I like to run triathlons. So I'm going to tell you, the first one I ran, I don't know if anybody knows, you get in the pool, you swim, you ride a bike, and then you run. So I got out of the pool. I was already kind of tired. 
I got on my bike. I was exhausted. I started running, and I was ready to give up. So I stopped, and I'm like, this, uh, I can't catch my breath. I'm exhausted. So I stopped, but you know what I didn't do? I didn't go back over here, jump back in the pool, and start over. I drew a line in the sand, and I stopped, and I did catch my breath, but I kept going, and that's something that God was teaching me. We have to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not going back. Whatever it is, don't go back. You have to move forward. You can stop. You can catch your breath. You can sit down. You can do what you need to do, but don't go back and start where you're at and keep moving forward. I do have five steps today, but it's finding true peace and joy in the valley while praying for your wayward child. Number one is you have to first let go of past mistakes. I'm sure I'm not the only one that can stand here and say I wasn't a perfect parent. I made a lot of mistakes. But you know what? Gary Thomas put it perfectly when he said, everyone makes his or her own choices. And thinking that we can be such good parents that our children will never stray is to think that we can outdo the Trinity. You cannot, as a parent, create the perfect Garden of Eden. Even if you did, because they'd mess it up. Look at Adam and Eve. Do you think God is sitting up there going, what could I have done differently? If only I would have been a better father. And you know what? Maybe you did make crucial mistakes. Maybe you weren't even walking with God when you were raising your kids. That doesn't matter. Remember, we're drawing a line in the sand and we're starting today. The first thing I had to do was I had to approach my kids. And in 2019, that's the first thing I did. I told my kids, because my kids kind of learned growing up that uh, mama has a guilty, mommy feels guilt a lot. So if we can make her feel guilty, we can pretty much get what we want. So I kind of walked in guilt a lot. So my kids learned that they would take me back constantly to the past of blaming me and telling me this is your fault and making me feel guilty. So I had a conversation with my kids this year, and I said, no more. I said, I parented sometimes out of fear. I parented sometimes out of a brokenness in me. But I never parented you without love. And you will never take me back to the past again. And I told them the same. I wouldn't take them to the past again. We joke a lot of times. I do have one child that has, she made a few little bad choices, but God has used it and brought her. But I still sometimes would joke about, oh, remember this, remember this. I'm taking her back to the past just as much. So I told her, I told my kids, no more. We're not, we're not living in the past anymore. We're moving forward. And this is crucial because Satan wants you to blame yourself. And you cannot take blame. I'm starting this year off shedding the weight that I wasn't meant to carry. And I'm moving forward because as a pri- I cannot be a prisoner to my past anymore. So I'm telling you, step one is to let go of any past mistakes you made. Because you can't be held accountable for your kids now. Number two, God told me to continue doing what he's called me to do. This year, 2000, well, in 2000, I keep saying this year, is 20, I forget. In 2019, things got worse. I'm not going to share all the details because I'm not giving glory to the pain. But I had to choose between my kids for Christmas this year. These would come if this one didn't come, and this one had to be left behind, so she said I'm not coming at all. That's a painful place to be where you have to choose between your kids. And I wanted to intervene. I don't know if you're like me. 
I'm really good at having conversations in my head. Okay, I'm going to say this, then she's going to say this, and then I'm going to say this, and then she's going to say this. We're going to embrace, we're going to hug, and life is going to be glorious. Never seems to work out that way for me. Um, So God has told me, stop intervening. I've told you to stand. So I promised God I would not turn down any opportunities he gave me. Hence is why I'm standing up here today. Whatever God gives me to do, I'm moving forward because I'm finding joy in my valley doing what God's called me to do. And he, he shared something with me. I'm not really in the valley with my kids. I'm up here. I'm warring for my kids. I have authority to pray for my kids. I am holding back forces that want to destroy my kids. But my kids are in their own valley. Because God reminded me, I learned more about God and his goodness when I was in my own valley. And I am not taking that away from my kids. There's no telling what God wants to do with them. But I can't let the moral choices my kids make rob me of walking in the joy that Christ has in using me in everyday life. Thirdly, we have to trust that God is a God of victory. And if you can't get past this point, don't listen to anything else I have to say. Because if you don't believe that we serve a God of victory, you're not going to make it through this part. We have to get that Valerie, that, that reality deep in our soul. I heard someone say one time what it means to fear the Lord. I used to think fearing the Lord was to be scared of him, to be... No. Fear of the Lord is to literally be terrified of walking in this life without him. And I have a true fear of walking anything that God takes me through without him being right there beside me. It doesn't mean things are going to be glorious. It doesn't mean things are going to be easy. It means he's by my side and I won't walk it without him. The song Sea of Victory says, The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper unless you let it. Okay, I added that last part, but (laughs) we don't actually sing that, so... When the darkness fails, it won't prevail unless you let it. Because the God that I serve knows only how to triumph. Because my God will never fail. God does not fight a battle that he can't win. And we have to trust in his goodness. And we have to realize that this battle is for a reason and it's for a season. A few Wednesdays ago... We were listening to a podcast at, um, about, it was a political podcast. I tend to get something different out of it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, when, let's go back to when Jesus is on the cross. And he is up on the cross. And don't think about us today thinking about Jesus on the cross because we know the whole story. Let's think about the disciples and the people that were living then. They saw their Savior, who was supposed to come and save the world, dying on a cross. And the last thing he said was, it is finished. I'd never heard it put quite this way until the guy Wednesday said, seriously, God, this is your idea of finished? It looks over to me. I don't see how you see this as finished. Everything's in chaos. The whole world is upside down. And you're going to sit up there as you die on a cross and say, it is finished? Well, God showed me in 2019, he did make a promise to me. 
And he told me that with my wayward child, it is finished. But you know what? Just like with Jesus, we cannot trust our natural eyes. Because what God meant back then on the cross and what he meant when he told me that was, in the spirit realm, God's done. He's done everything that needs to be done. He's done. And it is finished. My spiritual eyes may not see it. I mean, my physical eyes may not see it now. But God said a miracle's coming and my restoration is coming in 2019. And I hold on to that promise that my God does not fight a fight that he cannot win and that it is finished. So next, we're going to get into our weapons. You have to use the weapon of praise. You have to choose to worship in the midst of a storm. You don't always feel like it. There have been times that I've gotten sucker punched by my wayward child and it put me to my knees. I didn't have words to pray. I didn't have strength. I didn't know what I was going to do. But I put on worship music and God picked me back up. That happened just recently. Remember I told you about my word and how it always comes to pass and everything God says. And I wake up January 1st and I'm excited and I'm doing a new fast and I'm going to get a new word. And everything is beautiful from the year before and this year it didn't feel that way. So when January 1st rolled around and it didn't happen, I had nothing to pray. I was broken and I'm going to share with you. I'm being intimate. I'm sharing my prayer journal and my So here I am, January 1st. Well, it was a long, tearful night. I had such high expectations of the word I received last year, referring to the restoration of my kids. God, I'm still working through how am I going to fast and pray for a new word when 2020, when 2019 seems to be just hanging in the balance. I'm going to begin the Daniel fast today more out of obedience than my usual anticipation. Although today I'm not ready for a word and I don't want to hear anything that you have to say. I'm being honest. (laughs) I will be obedient and I will trust you, Father God, and I will begin the fast. So as I began, that's where my heart was. I didn't want to pray. I didn't want to hear anything. And God told me to spend my fast this time not asking for anything. Just listening to his word, prayer, and praise. So that first Sunday we come to church and... Pastor Phil asked us to come up forward. And as we're singing and we're praising, God reached me. He healed me. And he gave me a word for 2020. <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited. And he told me all the pieces are in place and things are about to explode. I'm not even going to read into what it means this year. I'm just going to wait and see what happens in 2020. So... <laughs> so Just remember, you don't have to have the words to pray. You don't have to know what to say. You just have to know who to go to. Put on some praise music and just let him minister to you. Last is use your weapon of prayer. Prayer brings divine intervention. God is tearing down the walls that are stopping his sound, and he's taken an axe to the root of curses. And it's only done by joining him in prayer. I heard it put once, prayer is like fire in the spirit realm. So don't go by what you see in the natural. It's better praying unity with the Father than praying and to pray his word. In Ephesians 6, 10, 10 through 17, it states, Finally, 
Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God is our only weapon. If you notice, everything else is a defense. You're blocking. You're blocking everything. It's, it's, it's to take care of you. But your only def- offensive weapon is a sword, which is the Word of God. Um, I'm going to share you the way I do it, and you can each, I'm sure you all have your own way, but I'm going to share. This is my prayer journal. The one thing I love about it is I write a prayer. When it's answered, I put the answer and I highlight in pink. So I can go back and see and read all the prayers that God's answered. I started this back in 2015. And if you'll notice that prayer, it's still not highlighted. But it is, I bind my children to the will of God. And I pray scripture over my daughter. And I ask that you... Find what it is, whatever valley you're going through. Find scriptures and literally. Ephesians 1.18 says, I pray the eyes of my daughter's heart may be enlightened in order that she may know the hope to which she has been called. Ephesians 3.16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he would strengthen her with his power through his spirit to her inner being so that you, Christ, may dwell in her heart through faith. Colossians 1, 9 through 14. I will not stop praying for her and asking you, God, to fill her with your knowledge of your will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Rescue her from the dominion of darkness and bring her into the kingdom of your son where she will have redemption and forgiveness of sin. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. God, put your word inside of her. Replace any false thinking. May her mind and her heart be renewed. And I encourage you... To do something similar to this, however you feel led to do it. But pray the word. God's word cannot. It doesn't say it might not. It doesn't say there's a good chance. It says his word cannot return void. So you pray his word and you're praying the perfect will. We need to pray persistently. Persistent means continuing firmly or obstinately in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. We need to pray fervently, having or displaying a passionate intensity. We need to pray expectantly. We're excited and we feel something good is about to happen. Remember that road to the wilderness? It was not, it was, it went through, I'm sorry, remember the road to the promised land went through the wilderness. You're going to have to go through a wilderness to get to the promised land. Um, Keep your eyes on him and not on a calendar as I was doing. I want you to know there is no ceasefire in the spirit realm. You're not going to say, oh, I'm tired of this battle. You know what? Ceasefire. And Satan's going to be like, "Mm, good idea. Let's do it. Let's have a truce. If you lay down your weapons, I'm here to tell you 
that the evil forces that are warring against your family, your minds, your bodies, and the fullness of your destinies is not going to do the same. You should keep praying, keep shining, and don't lose hope and stay expectant. Know it's a war. It's not an easy walk in the park. War is scars. It's pain. It can be discomfort. It can be hurts. But don't stop fighting for your kids. We have authority in Jesus' name to stand up for our kids. Remember, no matter what comes, stand. No matter what waves come crashing around you, stand. When all seems hopeless, stand. When the tears won't stop, stand. When the pain seems too much, stand. And when all seems lost, stand. And when you fall, just get back up. Draw a line in the sand and stand. We need a breakthrough. Today, I'm going to ask anyone who has a wayward child to come forward and let's stand together. Let's be strong and let's stand up for our kids. We need to pray for a fresh anointing, new vision, and to see things that are not as though they are. Let's speak the name of Jesus over addictions and problems, lostness, loneliness, emptiness, brokenness, unworthiness, or whatever is keeping your kids away from Christ. If you don't have a wayward child, you can use these in any other way, with any valley, but today I want to pray for those who have a wayward child. And I ask that if you don't, extend your hand and pray for those that are coming forward. And I'm going to ask Pastor Phil to come up here and to pray because I need to be down there with y'all. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Also, I felt this, you know, in addition to what you said, Dana, and I just appreciate so much your heart and your, your willingness to, I mean, this was daring and courageous to come up here and to share. And didn't the rest of you feel that way? That, that just takes courage. But the other thing is this, is I felt like, as, as she was sharing, that the enemy has tried to make you the bad person. He has tried to put that on you, to make you feel, because your kids come to you and maybe they've exploded on you. Maybe they've told you, man, all the mistakes you made and all the bad things you did to me and whatever it is, and you have blamed yourself and you've allowed a sense of shame to come on your heart. And if that's you, I want to pray for you as well because you've been dealing with that. You've been dealing with that. Like you don't feel good enough. Well, I just wasn't, if I just could have been a better parent, if I wouldn't have done this, if I wouldn't have allowed this to happen, if I could have done this, and it's time to stop kicking yourself because we're our own worst critic. Man, we'll have a sore seat of pants if we sat around and listened to all of the junk that comes to our heart, you know, uh, and, and comes to our memory. And so I felt, I wanted to pray for you in that regard too about just releasing that. Time to draw a line in the sand, like she said, and stand and quit blaming yourself because the past is in the past. But guess what? Our future is bright and our best days are out in front of us and our kids' best days are out in front of them too. 
They've got heaven to look forward. They've got restoration to look forward. Amen. Well, would you extend your arms up here? And let's, man, let's gather around our family. This is our family here. And all of these, all of these wonderful parents that are believing for kids right now. Father, we just pray right now. Lord, we call them back in Jesus' name. Lord, I call the sons and the daughters to come home. Father, we pray for the prodigals in Jesus' name. And devil, we're letting you know you can't have them in Jesus' name. They belong to God. And Father, right now, we agree in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, for restoration, healing, and wholeness over our family members. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that the devil has no right to rejoice because you don't get to keep them. God, we thank you. They are coming back in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray for full restoration. Full restoration. Full restoration in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for it. Lord, the families are restored. They're completely whole. Lord, we choose to reject those negative things that have been said out of hurt and out of pain in Jesus' name. Those aren't for us. But God, we thank you, Lord. We declare your word. And Isaiah 55, 11 says that your word does not return void, but it accomplishes what it was sent to do. So Lord, we speak your word right now. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, God, for restoration, healing, health, and wholeness in our relationships with our kids. Thank you, God. Lord, we call them in. In Jesus' name, and God, we pray that the calling that you have on their life would come to pass completely. Lord, that you have a divine call on that son, on that daughter, and that it will be fulfilled. <laughs> I love... What? Man, they can run, but they can't hide, man. They might as well just give up. They might as well just give up. Father, we thank you. And Lord, we choose not to take offense and not to receive shame based on something they said out of hurt toward us. Lord, maybe we've said something in return in hurt, but God, right now we repent. And we ask you, Lord, to create in us a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit in us. And we thank you, God, that no matter what they say about us, we will respond in love. And God, that we'll display your goodness. And we won't push our kids, we won't frustrate our kids but God they'll see your love through us to them and God I thank you I thank you they're coming home they're coming home they're coming home they're coming home God I thank you we're looking off in the distance and we see him coming God just like the prodigal father Lord that he ran out there and he put the ring back on their finger he put the put the clothes back on him. He killed the fatted calf. And celebration is happening, guys. God, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. Penny, come up here real quick, would you? God gave Penny a word and she shared it. She came to our, on Monday nights, we have a thing called soak. And you shared a word I wanted you to share because it had to do with expectancy. couple weeks ago um yeah um we were all in here and we were up here and um the lord is ministering and i i just saw a vivid picture of 
a child just sitting on the ground and they were playing with a jack-in-the-box. We all know what jack-in-the-boxes are. But they were just twisting it and they were twisting it and all of a sudden it popped up and they got really scared and started crying. Like, oh my gosh, that just really scared scared the child. But then as they, the parent was just really working with the child more and more, they became more familiar with that and they all of a sudden the fear went away and they were like excited and ex- expecting that thing to pop up. And I really feel like from the Lord is that he no longer wants us to be fearful of those new things coming or what he's going to do. He wants us to be excited and anticipate the new thing that he's doing in our lives. Come on, come on. Uh, uh, oh, if I had a jack in the box right now, man, I'd be cranking it. I'd be watching all you guys going, come on. Come on, isn't that exciting? Isn't that exciting? And let me tell you, also, I feel this is going to happen. God's going to anoint each and every one of you to know how to have conversations with your kids that don't produce this, you know, this frustrating, this, you know, he'll teach you how to do this. I, I, you know, I'm believing for one of my, one of my siblings because one of my siblings was like that. She had an explosive personality. You ever been around someone with explosive, literally explode, you know, and, and the Holy Spirit began to show me how to have conversations with her and where to help direct the conversation so it didn't come to that point of exploding so that I could stay in love, you know, and, and it's, it's helped me be able to love her in new ways and, and, and not experience that. And when it begins to try to go there, keep myself in love, keep myself in love regardless of what's said, regardless of how hurtful it is. Because some kids like to shock and awe you, don't they? You know, because they just want they just want to shock and awe. And, uh, and we haven't been going very long as a church, but do you know that we had somebody call us and say, you know, I didn't like what, you, what was preached this, that one of these Sundays, and I'm never coming back there. And I thought, man, we've only been going a year, and somebody, you know. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, Okay. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart and said, they'll be back. I said, well, why do you think that, Holy Spirit? And he, and he just dealt with my heart that because you responded in love. Because I, I, I'm not going to change just because you, you didn't agree. Because what I spoke was the word of God. And Jesus said that, you know, people are, it's not that they're hating you. They're hating me. And I honestly, sincerely was in love on it and man what it's just a rest for you when you respond in love and you know your child's not responding in love man you can just ride that love wave and just go you know you know man the holy spirit will deal with them in that when you respond like that in love man the holy spirit will deal with them because man when we lash back it doesn't that's not love it doesn't produce I've done it. Didn't work very well <laughs> for me. Man, well, man, let's pray one more time, and then we're going to release you to go back to your seats because we want to have communion, but let's pray together one more time. Father, we just give thanks to you. God, thank you. <laughs> thank you that you have been working in, the, in our children early on, and you have been working in them today. And, Father, we thank you for the manifestation of our kids coming home. Thanks for listening to this week's message. 
be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.